Hello, this is Sharon Levitt of the Tyndale Momentum book team at Tyndale House Publishers. I'm talking today with author Jennifer Smith, founder of UnveiledWife.com, about her upcoming book, The Unveiled Wife, Embracing Intimacy with God and Your Husband. The Unveiled Wife will be available to readers in March of 2015. Before we start, I'd like to share a little bit about Jennifer and her ministry. Jennifer created Unveiled Wife, a web-based ministry for wives, in March of 2011. She publishes weekly marriage articles, including encouragements, devotions, and prayers of the day, all geared towards empowering and discipling wives all over the world. Jennifer is passionate about encouraging wives through the journey of marriage. Jennifer and her husband have been married for seven years and currently live in Central Oregon with their young son. So let's go ahead and get started. Jennifer, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to discuss your book on The Unveiled Wife. You know, of course, thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, we're delighted. You know, I think the first thing people might wonder about when they hear that you're about your book is what does that title mean, The Unveiled Wife? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what it refers to? Sure, um just in a very short brief explanation. Um The Unveiled Wife came from kind of this vision I felt like God gave me of a bride walking down the aisle with a veil over her face and then when she got to the altar to say I do to her her husband, um, she was unveiled before him. And that kind of just symbolizes the intimacy that they got to walk through in marriage together. And uh, assuming that she remains unveiled the rest of her marriage. And then he also gave me this correlation in the Bible where it talks about um, Christ coming, uh, you know, for the marriage of his bride, that the church is his bride. And I just thought it was a, such a beautiful correlation of, of intimacy. And as a young wife myself, I really related to what that meant. And then also um, God gave me Second uh, Corinthians three sixteen through 18, and it says, Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so when I thought about this verse and being unveiled before the Lord and Him transforming me, I thought, in how many ways is He transforming me as a wife? And so I just thought, with all of those, you know, with all of those visions of being an unveiled wife, um, I just wanted to name it that so that people could identify and relate to the message as I had. Mm. Yeah, it is a beautiful picture. I agree. (laughs) So how would you describe your book? My book is just my journey as a new wife. You know, it covers the first four years of my marriage and what I went through. And um, growing up, you know, being a Christian and feeling like I did all the right things, I thought I was close to perfect. And then I get married and conflict comes and I immediately want to blame my husband because I couldn't fathom that it would be my fault too for the problems that we were having. And I don't know, I just, it was a a huge um, transformation that I went through of God using my marriage to refine me. And at the same time, um, because of the struggles we were facing, a lot were... Um, intimate issues, sexual issues, I felt embarrassed to talk about them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really hoping that my book kind of just opens up this conversation of 
you know, marriage is hard and we go through a lot and we need to be talking about it and we need to, you know, come alongside one another and help each other through it and always pointing each other back toward God. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you just hit on uh, one of the things that you cover. I mean, you, you talk about a lot of barriers that you and your husband faced that kept you from experiencing that unveiled intimacy. And you just mentioned the sexual difficulties. And, you know, you I really admire the way you address those so transparently. And I wondered what would compel an author to write about these things. Can you talk? Well, it a wasn't bit? easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was terrifying going into this, going into this project and wanting to share my heart with other women. But I just felt there was such a huge need for. Um, if I figured if if I could be brave enough to be transparent, that's going to trigger and inspire them to be transparent with their community, whether it's you know, other wives they know or friends or family. Mm -hmm. And just like I said before, to come together and help one another through it. And some of those barriers that you were talking about are um, are very relatable in any sense for anyone, like regardless of what the situation is that draws it out. For me, it was, you know, insecurity. It was um, my sin keeping me from entering into intimacy with my husband or God. And it was also expectations. I had huge expectations that I wasn't even aware of, mm-hmm. um, expectations that kept me from um, being intimate with my husband because I felt hurt by him when they, when they went unmet. And same with God. I, I had all these expectations of what he should do to fulfill my life. And when he didn't do it on my timeline, I was hurt mm. and thought I deserved more. And I think so often that same thing can keep other people from experiencing intimacy with God. So I'm hoping that by sharing the hard issues and barriers that I face, people can then evaluate their lives and say, well, do I struggle with insecurity or do I struggle with expectations? And and really just um, see if there's any barriers keeping them from experiencing true intimacy in their relationships. Yeah. So, well, how prevalent, I mean, you mentioned you wanted to help people with um, these things. So you obviously have heard of some need that there are other people talking about these problems. Uh, I'm just wondering how you discovered that, if that came through your website or how it all got started, where you started um, kind of outing yourself in order to (laughs) be a help to others. Yeah, there was actually um, two different ways that it happened, and it happened kind of at the same time. Um, Me and my husband started going to a community um, marriage ministry at church, and that was the first time I had ever experienced anyone openly talking about marriage issues Mm -hmm. in light of, uh, you know, God's Word and and how can we figure these things out together. Mm -hmm. And so we would go every Wednesday, and we met together, and it was, again, like I said, the first time that I had experienced transparency to, you know, transparency that reveals the depths of people's hearts and where they're at in their marriage. And it was really inspiring to me. And that gave me the courage to then open up about our marriage. And that is when God started walking us through a transformation and and pulling us to um, get rid of some of the the barriers that were keeping us from intimacy. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I was inspired to start a blog where it was like an open journal where I would share this process of God pulling things out of me and and transforming me. Mm -hmm. And through the blog, I really experienced a lot of women um, leaving comments or, you know, posting on Facebook that they're struggling the same way. And Mm -hmm. it was the first time I realized that we're not alone in this. 
and we don't have to walk alone in this. We can do it together. We can encourage and edify one another through it. We can share advice or what worked for me that might work for you. And so I saw, yeah, immediately, as soon as I opened up on my blog, a huge need for for people to be transparent and to talk about these issues. Wow. Yeah, but you had to take the first step to, to get out there and yeah. do it. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, going back, I know in the book you talk about going to that church and finally mm -hmm. feeling some hope that um, mm -hmm. people were actually being honest about their relationships. I just wonder, what do you think churches can do to create an environment that... Uh, would help that kind of a thing happen. So it seems to me and probably many others that a lot of churches you're supposed to go in and you're supposed to all look the right way and um, have all the answers and it, it really uh, it's the funniest thing because that's the place where we should be able to be most real and yet that doesn't happen. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think uh, churches could do, or, or groups, small groups could do mm -hmm. to create an open environment where we can show that we don't have it all together? That's a great question, and I hope that, you know, more people have this perspective at, at at least questioning it, because I think it's really important that churches especially focus on the marriage unit, because it's it's the core of the family. You know, if the marriage is broken, that's going to trickle down to the children, and then you're going to start generation after generation of of issues that really need to be reconciled and resolved um, through biblical counsel. And so um, I, I think it's really vital to either have some sort of ministry, community, or small groups that um, are specifically driven to cultivate marriage community and for you know married couples to come together and be encouraged to talk to one another to um you know maybe provide questions that will stimulate those discussions because they are hard for people to go into mm -hmm. but if everyone's doing it together it kind of lightens the load and it makes it easier and um you know also embracing that we can't really be judgmental we, mm -hmm. we can't allow someone to open their hearts to us and then we crush them because then they're mm. not, they're never going to want to open up to anyone ever again. Mm -hmm. So there's this sensitivity that needs to be um, within each heart when they're there together to um, respect, to listen, to mm -hmm. help, to pray for. Mm -hmm. And I think those things would really, really help churches cultivate, you know, good, good marriages, thriving marriages. Yeah. So I would imagine that that must have been another one of your goals when you wrote the book um, because mm -hmm. you you so um, beautifully describe how that happened and the freedom that you felt and maybe yeah. others can think okay well if Jennifer did this maybe I can do this too mm -hmm. um, the other thing that you just talked about a little bit you talked about the family unit and how mm -hmm. fundamental that is to the church and to really the world and when that isn't working right, that marriage is not working right, it, it has a dramatic effect on, on everything. And so I wondered, and you, I was interested that in the book you talk a little bit about the backgrounds that you and uh, Aaron, your husband, came from. How important do you think that is for struggling husbands and wives um, to kind of address the influence that their family of origin had on their on their relationship or has on their relationship 
Yeah, I think it's huge um, because what happens is, you know, if you get married in your 20s or 30s, you've been living most likely with your family or for a few years even on your own, and you've been brought up a certain way. And then you get married and you expect to continue that certain way, but then you realize very soon, very quickly, that your husband or wife um, has also had 20, 30 years of establishing their routines and what they expect. And so when you get married, you have this coming together of kind of two families, two backgrounds, two ways of doing things. And that can put a lot of stress on a marriage because it's it's a lot of conversations and a lot of sometimes fights about it. And and, um, if you're not willing to address where you came from and the background and the experiences that you had as a child, um, I think that it can very, very easily hinder um, you being able to embrace intimacy with your husband or wife because then you're you're struggling and you're hurt and you're wounded because of situational things that have happened based on the patterns that you've had growing up and and also like I I know for me personally I had some behavioral issues that were coming out of me as a wife um, that I didn't recognize at Absolutely. first and they were definitely byproducts of my parents' behavior so I was mm-hmm. mimicking them. You know, in my relationship with my husband, and and it wasn't healthy. It wasn't something that I should continue to carry because then what's going to happen with my children is they're going to see me do that, and they're going to do it in their marriages. And, again, it's just one of those generational things that needs to be broken, like Mm -hmm. manipulation, like Mm -hmm. um, issues with pride or getting angry too quickly, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's very important to address how your past, your experiences, your um, parent behavior, and all of that um, can influence who you are as a spouse and to, to recognize those things and then pray through them and ask God, mm-hmm. do I need to be transformed in this area? And if so, help me, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah, and uh, I know for some people when they look at, you know, your beautiful face on the cover and um, <laughs> have read some of their things, they might think that you just had this perfect life. And uh, But you had some difficulties as a little girl because your parents divorced when you were uh, mm-hmm. fairly young. Can you talk about the influence that that had on um, your marriage? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I don't think it matters at what age a child experiences their parents' divorce because I've known people, you know, in their late teens or even 20s and their parents divorce and it's devastating to them. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents divorced when I was four and it was really hard on me. And even though... Um, the atmosphere almost became more peaceful because they're very dominant and there was a lot of fighting um, when they separated. Some of that eased. But then mm-hmm. I had other insecurities well up in my heart, like I wanted to be a daddy's girl, but I only saw my dad every other weekend and it just wasn't conducive for that. And so there's a there's a lot of insecurity that's rooted in mm-hmm. my parents' divorce that I had to, that I had to walk through and, and ask God to heal me of. And part of that was as an adult, reconciling with my dad and going back to him and telling him how I felt about him and, and how I felt about, you know, the, the relationship that he had with my mom and things that happened throughout childhood. And it just was, it was important to me um, to have to do that, even though it was scary. And I was so afraid to even mm. go there. I didn't, I didn't want to, but um, I just felt the Lord tell me to be obedient. And when I did, I, I realized that being able to reconcile with my dad actually made a huge impact on my ability um, to embrace intimacy with my husband and with God. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how much your your parents do affect you, even as an adult, even into adulthood. And, um, you know, I don't, I, you mentioned having a perfect life just from people mm-hmm. seeing me. And, mm-hmm. you know, pictures can 
say a thousand things, but when you get to know someone, you realize quickly that you're not alone. Like every, every single person is going through something. Mm-hmm. And even still, like even though I wrote this book and I'm kind of encouraging marriages to, you know, turn towards God and to find ways to be healthier, I, mm-hmm. I still struggle with my husband. <laughs> we mm-hmm. still encounter conflict. Especially now, um, we have one young son, and we have another on the way, and it's just um, it's amazing how much God uses those closest relationships to refine you, but that takes testing of your character and of your faith, and it takes you know situations that make you uncomfortable and so we've experienced our fair share and still do from day to day of you know conflict and and hardship and worry and stress and and all of that and so um yeah, I don't think there's any any such thing as a perfect life there's just um, a perfect Christ, and when we're following after Him, uh, things tend to be a little bit easier and a little bit less burdensome because you're handing it over to Him and asking Him to walk through it with you. Yeah, and you know, you said it's a journey. So a journey um, to me says it's ongoing. It's not now. There is yeah. an end of the journey, and we know what the end of the journey is as Christians. It's when we're home with the Lord. Exactly. But um, one of the quotes, one of the things you wrote in your book that I I highlighted that I thought was so good because I've experienced this in my own marriage is one of the best wedding gifts God gave you was a full-length mirror called your spouse. (laughs) And I thought, boy, that is so true. And uh, (laughs) that's never going to end, you know, until we're home with the Lord. Uh, So, and, and thanks for the hope that you've given to listeners through that. Uh, I, I did wonder, because the book does contain quite intimate subject matter, what can you say to the idea of using this in a small group setting? Oh, I think that it would work really well in a small group setting because um, something that I really felt encouraged to add is at the end of each chapter are questions that help you as you walk along in my journey, it helps you evaluate your journey and where you're at. And I think um, as personal as these questions can be, I think they'd be a great um, way to stimulate conversation in a small group. So if you had a group of girlfriends that you wanted to go through Mm -hmm. this book with, you could easily go chapter by chapter and then just, um, you know, pick and choose which questions you wanted to go through and just open up to one another and share and discuss what those mean to you. And so I think that it would be a really, really cool way to um, experience this book as, you know, in a community setting. I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, the other thing we're talking, we were talking about earlier about how churches, you know, it's like, okay, who's going to be the first one to step out? If um, you've got a group and they are committed to doing this, the the questions actually will allow that to happen. Maybe not everybody's going to be comfortable answering immediately but for those who are in enough pain and really want to change and become an unveiled wife it's encouragement mm-hmm. you know it allows you it's a yes. door to open that uh, for people to experience begin to experience yeah. healing um, yeah, and I just want to encourage anyone listening right now that if there is not a small group already happening or if you don't know how to become a part of one yeah. start one yourself just grab a few copies of the book grab your girlfriends together and meet at your house once a week. You know, it's just, 
it doesn't have to be intimidating. Just ask the Lord to, to help you through it, and you'll be amazed at your own growth when you step out and you do something like that. You don't have to be a pastor's wife. You don't have to be, you know, an elder in the church. You you can do this. You can lead a small group, and you can help other women and other wives um, find freedom in their marriages. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I did want to just ask, if your greatest dream for the people who read this book, what would that be? Uh, my greatest hope is that people are drawn back toward God because I was in a very vulnerable state when I, um, you know, at the end of my, it was like three and a half to four years of marriage, and I almost turned my back completely from God and from my husband. I wanted to walk away from it all. And I know that there are husbands and wives in a very vulnerable state just like that, and I'm hoping that this will give them just a little bit more hope to stay in there a day, another day, another day. Mm. And what will happen is as they stay true to their commitment and their vows, the Lord will act. He, he will as you turn toward him. So my greatest hope is that, if anything, those reading this book would evaluate their lives and where they're at with God and turn back toward him or draw closer to him. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, we're going to end this now, but for anyone listening To learn more about becoming an Unveiled Wife, of course, get the book when the book comes out. You can pre-order The Unveiled Wife now online or find the book on shelves everywhere books are sold in uh, March of 2015. But in the meantime, be sure to check out Jennifer's website, unveiledwife.com. You can sign up there for her daily prayer uh, marriage, her, her daily marriage prayers and all sorts of other resources. Uh, you can see Jennifer's recommended book reviews and as I said there's lots of resources including her blog and you can see what a vast community she has of women who are being helped by her ministry. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much and we look forward to March and thank you for thank your you time. Thank you so today. much, Sharon. Okay, all thank right. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.